0: Thank you. Nothing wrong with being a bit sordid now and again. Right, most of this I'll I'll whiz fairly quickly through these. I've put up um, some benefits but hopefully a lot of them are kind of self-evident. So I'll just pick a few out. Um, Jusp is uh, a collaborative um, initiative. uh, and These are the four partners involved, all who have specific roles. So Just Collections, if if I just go around, Just Collections face the publishers, they negotiate the deals. Um, under the banner of Nestle and others, Uh, and they're involved in a lot of the legal negotiations. Birmingham City University has a research group called Evidence Base uh, and they are focusing on the institutional liaison, so they'll uh, assess the user requirements and they're running focus groups for us. And then on the right hand side, Cranfield University have uh, particular specialisms in uh, developing code uh, particularly around Sushi and MIMAS we're sort of like the safe hands and we run and maintain the service. Uh, the aims—we uh, just wanted to provide a single point. Um, we're not developing um, software. Um, it was mainly just to save academic, uh, academic librarians' time. Uh, that's where we started from. So it had a, a single sort of goal. Where are we currently? Well, we've got um, just a, well, we've got 142 libraries live. Um, we were taking on. It says there between 10 and 15 new libraries per month throughout 2011. It was peaking at about 25. Um, All UK higher education institutions can participate. That's up to about 160, but um, we're we're down down at the tail where those institutions are very, uh, very small and they may be not interested in the deals. The publishers uh, and intermediaries, uh, the list uh, grows. There are some others who've, who've signed to join. Um, And they do share technical platforms, which makes things a lot easier, particularly if uh, they've got proven technical platforms. So we don't have any problems at all in linking through to Atapon or MPS, for example. Um, Right, yes. Uh, We do require um, the publishers to sign a formal letter or uh, agreement, a participation agreement. And it never seems to, well, it doesn't speed things up when you introduce uh, a legal document. Um, and you do get things back with some slight modifications on. But if, if you're going to enter into a conversation, you must be prepared to accept that the person you're conversing with may have a different view, which might be contrary. But it's better to have the conversation. I'll run through now what data we collect um, and what we show to the user. But the how is most important okay we use machines to collect this stuff no more spreadsheets um, at the moment it, nobody should be downloading spreadsheets relying on spreadsheets as a transport protocol for usage statistics a complete waste of people's intellectual capability that's my rant so I'll stop okay um, each implementation, though, of uh, sushi we did find was different, because it was kind of un- uncharted territory for a lot of the, uh, the providers. That's not to say that they didn't have the code ready. Uh, we were the first group I was somewhat surprised We were the first group to harvest data from Elsevier via Sushi. We were the first group to harvest usage data from sweats. We were the first to t- download the stuff from EBSCO. That's not because the code wasn't there. It's just they hadn't been approached. OK? That we're often running with uh, those, those three I've mentioned now. Um, we've also developed um, a Sushi server in front of JUSP so that if you want to communicate with it, you only have to configure one Sushi client, and then you can access all those publisher stats for all the institutions who are in. Uh, Ex Libris and Sweats have uh, currently proven that uh, and download stats from JUSP. Uh, the code is open source, so we've developed a sushi client that's going to be distributed through NISO. Um, as a, it's, somewhat, you've, well, it's called Sushi Starters. It, was, it wasn't my idea, but uh, that's how they're serving it up. So you'll, you'll be able to access that via the NISO website. Uh, but interestingly, we were approached by the French Coupon Consortium, and they've actually taken the database and processing code and have implemented it uh, as a trial, which was beyond what we thought. What data we we're collecting, uh, its counter, and happy 10th birthday to counter. Uh, it couldn't happen without this. We download JR1s, which is uh, all the stats, and then the JR1A, which is an optional report, which we'll, we'll take if it's there. And then we present it back uh, at journal level, so there are three, three types. And I'll show you each one of those, just to give you some context. And then uh, we can summarize some of those, typically at, uh, at publisher level. Uh, and then we've got some experimental reports. I call them experimental because there's questions over the data uh, consistency, integrity, quality, principally because of a lack of machine-to-machine interface uh, for, the, for the particular data. Um, what I haven't listed on here is that we also can support benchmarking. but People tend to get twitchy there, That maybe we'll come back to that. But I'm not going to talk about benchmarking. Uh, This is uh, the JR1, JR1A screen, Uh, so just looking down from the top, this is dummy, so a dummy institution. Looking at OUP for calendar year 2011, we give a small chart just to give uh, an idea of the kind of top five, and then there's a spreadsheet in the traditional sense, Uh, and you can sort that on title or uh, ascending or descending uh, in terms of the uh, full-text downloads. And you can download it as a CSV file if, uh, if you so wish. We also provide it taking account of gateways and hosts intermediaries, um, where the content, as well as being available from OUP here, is also potentially available via publishing technology, EBSCO, EJS, or SWETS. And the role that those particular three intermediaries play can vary according to the deal and the publisher and year on year. And at the moment, If an institution has to work out whether it has to add together the stats or ignore them to avoid double counting, they have to be aware of all those business decisions. Now, what we've done is we'll take care of that and encode it within the system itself so you don't need to worry about it. The difference is if you're a gateway, you shouldn't count uh, a full text download because effectively you're just passing them on. Whereas if you're a host, you're actually hosting the data, it's a true full-text, so you do need to account for it. Uh, and we do a, um, a JR1-JR1A minus report where, where it's available. So this is just taking away the, uh, the backfile of people are interested in what the current contents are. And there's a little pie chart. That's all the journal-level data. It's uh, fairly standard stuff. Um, the summary ones—I'll just show you one. Um, I mean, this is just looking at uh, trend analysis over time. So, for the three years since 2009, for uh, this dummy institution, we're looking at the, um, the usage of nature titles. So, you may want to look at spikes and then question why things have peaked in quite the, quite the way they have. Right. The experimental reports. Um, once we'd set up sort of all this factual stuff, uh, I know Stephen Abrams will say once you ask a question it just begets more questions, but the same's true with usage data. So once this has gone out, people want to relate it to their context, and then we had to move into um, an area of uh, where we'd maybe try to assess whether somebody subscribes to material or what deals they're taken. Um, and so we now support the ability for a particular institution to indicate that they're interested in maybe subscribe titles or um, core titles. I mean, it could be that they are interested in following the core ones that they've been required to keep through some, um, you know, the historic spend kind of business model. And they want to compare use of those with other ones that they've scri- subscribed to directly or got bundled uh, as part of a deal. Um, And once that's in, you you can identify particular core titles. Um, You might want to say, okay, well, across all the publishers, which are my highest used journals? And I'd like to see the star to say those are the ones I'm interested in. And use of this has varied. I mean, I think the University of Bath has gone um, up to about 1,500 stars, you'll see throughout their their firmament of uh, usage stats. So we've embraced it. Um, One other difficulty that uh, libraries have is um, um, actually finding out exactly what they're entitled to access and what they've bought. Um, It could be what what deals they've actually subscribed to and what content's in there. So we've collected uh, the title lists for the deals, loaded them in, and what we do is present against that the titles that are appearing in the JR1 Uh, reports that the uh, particular institution is receiving. Why are we doing that? Well, people are interested in um, this area of nil usage. I mean, it goes some way to that. Um, Nil, I should say, is, is not equivalent to no value. It basically just means that any value that is there has not been realized yet. And the question of why something might have a zero next to it um, isn't as straightforward as it it might appear. Um, And also you may or may not be concerned about it. So if you'd paid for it um, you're potentially more concerned than if it was free or it was an open access title. Um, But although uh, we now flag up where we know if something's an open access title by just scanning through the directory of open access journals, but again, there's no industry standard method of indicating that something is open access. Um, the big thing, though, is the, is, the, is the rights. You know, did you actually subscribe to this content? Because if you didn't subscribe, it's going to be a zero. But uh, even if you did subscribe, have your rights been enabled? Because it could be that you're still waiting for them to for that to happen. Um, And also, uh, we have had uh, instances where the JR1 reports contain titles that have no content because they're future titles. So in 2010, um, titles were appearing that were due for launch in 2011. So no content, it has a zero next to it. And you can get zeros that are there because the data is wrong. There was an instance just last September where one particular publisher. The stuff we were getting through Sushi just had zeros for that entire month for every single institution in the UK. So we, we were just able to report that back and it was sorted within the day. That subscription thing, um, I mean, this is it's, it's a true example, but I've, I've just called them Publisher X. They have a premium collection, fa- nearly 500 titles. But if you subscribe to the basic collection, you'd get 206, but your JR1 record, would still contain the other 292 you don't subscribe to, so 59% of them have zeroes next to them. Some publishers have higher numbers than that as well. I'll go back to it being a community initiative, um, and this isn't, we haven't developed this as a product to sell. It's there to solve a shared problem. That's our job. Um, so it's to address this pain that exists. So we do all this stuff on the back about gathering feedback and surveys and visit sites and have an ongoing dialogue. That's not just with uh, the sites though; it's increasingly with the suppliers. What do users want after after the first year? Not surprisingly, more of everything. So the first three there, um, but also I've been heartened by the integration with other stats packages. So, for example, we're now providing support materials to tell sites how best to incorporate the usage stats in Ustat, uh, which Ex Libris make available. And we will um, work with more vendors, I should add, um, but they must have the standards. We won't take on any vendors who don't support Sushi. No more spreadsheet. We're not taking on the spreadsheet shuffling. Uh, the feedback we've had about just we've just sort of characterized these things they like uh, a simple interface they like the feeling of this being a collaborative um, exercise they like the fact that the data is actually being uh, checked and verified uh, and it's been incorporated into a lot of the their sort of normal processing flow now uh, and the impact there is as listed i won't read it out the, the last one the data checking uh, though as I've said, is, is valuable to the institutions, but also to the publishers and the intermediaries and the technology platform providers who are supporting sushi. Um, so we, we, we see examples of, uh, as I mentioned, the blank columns before, so that's not just zeros, that's blank columns uh, ISBNs creeping into the ISSN column. Um, but we all can, can also help with optimizing download. I mean, I listed a number of technology providers. Uh, one of them there is 50 to 100 times slower than anybody else, Uh, and there are good reasons for it, but we'd like to see that optimised. There's also one there that is um, very unreliable. So we have instances where only one request out of 400 was successfully answered, and it returns garbled HTML back. So not a status code, not XML, not what's been asked for. So we can help sort those out. Um, and just going forward to release four counter, we'll be in a very good position to help people with the implementation of that successfully, because the sushi compliance the, and the availability of a production quality server will form part of the audit process. And what we've done to uh, the or. What we've done to the what we've provided for the publishers in response to their requests uh, is access to the Just Portal. So we give each publisher a username; they can log in, they can see exactly what has gone to each institution from them. So they'll see the same data as the um, the site does. Uh, and there are some other good things there. So going forward, um, we're keen to find out. What people want, and that you see down there, outgoing consultation with libraries and the publishers. Again, it's, it is a collaborative venture. Um, it's really obvious that a lot of the conversations hadn't taken place. Um, and so I'm happy to have those conversations. Uh, it does mean that we maybe get sticking points and we're going backwards and forwards, but uh, in common with the UKSG, it's much better if we solve this as a, an industry uh, and, and adopt, adopt standards generally. Uh, and I'll stop there. Yes. Right. questions, yeah. Thank That's you. Uh, we've made up a little time. <laughs> right, we've certainly time for a couple of questions. Do you want to take them there or come back <coughs> here? Yeah. <coughs> right. I've got the rope. Right Any mic questions? So so. the gentleman just over there. Would you like to make your way to number four? I'm uh, reminded of the uh, well-known phrase, uh, the map uh, is not reality. And uh, it's a question addressed really to Jane as well, if you wish it to, to say anything. Um, I wonder if Ross, you'd comment on uh, the disparity between recorded downloads, the map, uh, and the actual download required by the user. Uh, the disparity between the two uh, is not a trivial issue. Um, Elsevier, for example, it's, we discovered last year in some work is around 35%, a lot of publishers are around 10%. So, the work you're doing seems to me very important that librarians understand that that disparity exists and how they actually uh, address it. Right, but the, the important thing is I'm not in a position to account for that disparity. We can point it out, and uh, I would agree that if somebody knows that they're falsely inflating or reporting, then really, from an integrity point of view, they, it, they should be addressing it. I mean, we, we did look at, I know, during the counter-technical discussions, some conversations took place about, you know, can you define some kind of algorithm that would identify some, some loading and could you address it, what kind of actions would you take? Um, but the best we can do is, say, is provide the users with that information. And we're happy to be involved, but we we don't touch any of that data. We don't correct the data. If any of the data is wrong, we refer it back to the the publisher, and that's the role that we have, so it's purely as that that intermediary role. So I'm quite fortunate, I don't have to try and address it, but uh, I don't know uh, if any of the publishers that you mentioned might want to comment. We have plenty of publishers present. Anyone wish to comment on that?
1: I think one of the things that we're aware of um, in comparing journals uh, from journal to journal is that different publishers present their online content in different ways. So, for example, an open access publisher will take you straight to um, a full text download page rather than to an abstract page. So their full text downloads are inevitably going to be higher than a publisher where you will go to the abstract page first and then you have to click on going to see the full text of the article Um, so uh, there's nothing much we can do about that that is just an inevitable part of of the way that people present their data i think once we start to see usage factors comparing across um, individual titles and then um, from publisher to publisher then we'll be able to see whether it's significant enough to to impact the numbers Um,
0: thank you we can take another question, if there is one. David Dim will be here. can't see any hands, so uh, we'll move on to our third speaker. Yeah. Right, um, Anne Murphy
1: is headlight, oh, sorry. Yeah. sorry about that.